What's up, everyone? Welcome to the October 21st edition of the Alligator Sports Podcast. My name is Joe Henry. I'm one of your hosts. I'm also joined this week by Jackson. Jackson, how you doing, man? Uh, I'm okay. I had to watch my uh, beloved Houston Rockets take a big L to the Timberwolves last night. So um, I've been watching Paolo Bancaro highlights all morning to make myself feel better. <laughs> the Magic also took an L last night, but I went to the movies instead and did not watch the majority of the game. But, you know, who did watch the game? Football beat writer Michael Hull. He is also joining us. Michael, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing pretty well. I mean, obviously, the Magic got off to the tough 26-point loss last night to the Spurs. Um, it's a long season. We'll bounce back. Uh, thanks for having me on, though. I'm excited to talk some Gator football. Yes, we do have a good bit to jump into about the Gator football team. They were in Baton Rouge this past weekend, and Michael, you were there as well. You and some other guys from the Alligator Road tripped out there. How was that trip and getting out there to cover the game at Tiger Stadium? Yeah, so me and then the sports editors, Ryan Haley and Zach Huber, all drove out there. Um, It was awesome. It was a really fun trip. Um, Death Valley, Tiger Stadium lived up to the hype, even though it was an 11 a.m. local time game. Um, the fans got into it. I'll give LSU a lot of credit there. Um, the, the press box, everything was great. Um, really glad I went the game itself from an objective journalist perspective was awesome to cover. It was a back and forth high scoring affair. You know, you love games like that. Um, it definitely didn't end the way Florida fans wanted it to. Um, but it was a lot of fun. Really glad I went. It was a lot of driving. It was about 19 hours in the, uh, in the car over the course of two, three days, but no regrets. Really, uh, really fun trip. Yeah, it definitely looked like it was a lot of fun. I know that you guys drove through new Orleans, but couldn't find parking anywhere. Okay. So here's what happened. Um, we were driving. So the trip was going great up until we hit Louisiana. And then we hit Louisiana and everything just like flipped on its head. So oh, you're in Louisiana, yeah. everything flips on its head there. Exactly. So Ryan and Zach wanted to like stop in New Orleans, like walk around a little bit. I was like, yeah, fine, whatever. We can do that. Um, so New Orleans is kind of like an hour out of the way of Baton Rouge. And so we took like the detour. Um, we get into New Orleans and we realize, hey, we're in a big truck. And New Orleans is, while it's a big city, it's very narrow. There's not a lot of parking to go around. And all the parking was very, very expensive. So we kind of just drove around the city for about a half hour, drove past the Superdome, the Smoothie King Center, um, drove past Bourbon Street. So we like got to see New Orleans, but we didn't get to see New Orleans. Um, And then, you know, drove around for about a half hour, decided we can't find parking and left. And then we went to Raisin Cane's and they were closed. So we went to another one. Oh, no. So then we just drove to another Raisin Cane's in Baton Rouge. So we didn't eat till like 10 p.m., but it was fine. Um, You know, New Orleans looks like a cool city. I'm sure if I wasn't driving through it, it would probably be a lot more fun. Um, That was probably the one like not so great part of the trip was just driving around the city for a half hour looking for parking but overall great trip yeah my math is correct you guys drove around for two hours just to eventually eat canes in baton rouge so pretty much yeah yeah um not worth it canes is good 
Zaxby's is better, in my opinion. Wow. I haven't had Canes, but I am a big Zaxby's guy. So I'm I'm reassured by that take. Yeah, they're usually compared to each other. And I'm um I obviously was like raised on Zaxby's because we don't have canes in like this Florida area, um, or just in Florida in general. But I might be biased. I think Zaxby's is Zaxby's is superior. Like I'm okay with Zaxby's, but like I had raising canes when I went to Texas this summer and like it was schlapping. I'm not gonna lie. The toast, the, the toast the is toast, so much better. The toast is so much better. I'll give you that. Zaxby's the toast has fallen off. It's it's gotten so bad. I like Zaxby's chicken better, and I like their fries better. But the raisin canes toast was was top tier. Like toasters, oh, like like in the grand scheme of like a meal, like the toast holds a lot of weight for me. It was because then you also you double down on the toast and get rid of the coleslaw. It's yeah. huge. I doubled down on the fries, which was a mistake. So just a lot of fries. Um, It was funny because all of their cups and a lot of their like stuff in the restaurant was Ed Orgeron themed. Like they had a big Ed Orgeron (laughs) cutout restaurant. All of their cups had like Coach O's face on it. Oh um, no! So <laughs> they're gonna have to do some rebranding there after. Yeah, that age poorly. They're gonna lose money on <laughs> a decent amount of money on that. I think a lot of money on that. <laughs> they just gotta oh, get rid goodness. of all that inventory by the end of the season. Pretty just, much. Oh, the get it out. was like, why don't we do a Coach O sponsorship? They hate him now. They hate, they hate them now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. But yeah, I mean, speaking of Coach O, if you want to talk about the yeah, game, yeah, we want to actually get into the game. I think we're avoiding it. But that, that game was something, man. I mean, um, like I said, the LSU crowd got into it. They were definitely the students um, definitely took their time getting into the game, which you know makes sense. Their team was five hundred going into a game against a, t- a ranked team that they really didn't think they had a shot against. Um, a noon kick or noon Eastern, eleven a.m. Central kick. Like, yeah, it makes sense. You you don't want to really show up for that game. They didn't show up to like halfway through the first quarter. But when they did, it got loud. And Ty Davis-Price fed off that energy and decided to run for the LSU single season or single game rushing record. Um, not prime Leonard Fournette, not Darius Geis. Ty Davis-Price. Rest, rest in peace, Lombardi Lenny's record, man. Yeah. Ty Davis-Price <laughs> goes for 287 yards three touchdowns. I don't really know what happened because Florida's run defense hadn't been bad throughout this season and LSU's run offense had, they were the second worst run team in the sec averaging 85 yards a game going into Saturday and Florida just folded, I think is the easiest way to say that. Um, Like, it started, they started out slow. Like, stop me if you've heard this one before. Florida started off a game slowly. Yo, no way. Like, both teams, <laughs> after the first what? quarter, there were, 100, <laughs> there were 155 total yards of offense and 180 punting yards after the first quarter. Like, this game was, this game looked like. It was like, like it the was, Kentucky game. Yeah. The Kentucky looked, game had, like, over, like, 300 punting yards in the first half. It was insane. Yeah, this game looked like it was going to be a slugfest, like, you know, like 20 to 17. Um, Classic Florida LSU. Me and Joseph, Joseph and I, uh, last week, our predictions, I believe, were 28 to 21 and 28 to 24. It was right in that area. 
So yeah. we should never predict scores for a football game again. <laughs> and even the, after it was the first time we did it on the podcast, like the two of us hosting together, and it was we absolutely got terrible. We got it was rocked. it was bad. And even at the don't half, listen to us. Like um, even at the half, it looked like it was still going to be a pretty low scoring game. Like even after the hail mary, which that was weird. I mean, the, this game was just weird, man. That's the best yeah, way just, to describe it. So like Florida's offense did nothing the entire half, and then Emory Jones was like, "Hey, Justin Shorter, go get this." Um, twenty-one thirteen at the half. Both teams' offense is not doing great. Um, and then the second half opens up. And Emery throws a pick and Anthony Richardson comes in, plays pretty well. Um, obviously can't get the job done, but I think that's a larger problem that the Gators and Dan Mullen have to solve. Um, but this game, like it was just weird because the second half looked like it looked like two different teams playing really like from that first quarter, um, maybe the teams just like slept in like the, like the students did and they had to wake up for the second three quarters. Um, but yeah, for me, it just comes down to the defense and the quarterbacks, um, which both of those can come back to coaching. In my opinion, um, a lot of people want to blame Todd Grantham for this, which is fair. The defense did not look prepared. They didn't look like they wanted to be there. Um, and that's on coaching. This team struggled with tackles all year. They've been decent against the run, but it came back and bit them today. Um, but I think you can blame – I think you can go one step up and blame Dan Mullen because this isn't new with Todd Grantham. This has been known for a long time. Um, yeah. You can just look to last year. Florida had an historically great offense and an historically bad defense that kept them from getting to the playoff. Uh, he wasn't fired after that. You know, Mullen had confidence in him whatever um and then this happens you lose you allow one of the worst rushing offenses in the country to run all over you and set all types of school records i mean it's got to be time for him to go but mullen said um at the weekly sec teleconference they're not making any changes to the defensive staff yet um his main answers after the game were we're evaluating things we are evaluating things yeah. Breaking news, everyone. Dan Mullen is watch, evaluating. We have to watch film and evaluate. Um, and then same thing with the quarterbacks. You know, he didn't commit to either one. He was just like, we have to watch film and evaluate. Um, and I've been an Emory Jones guy most of this season. You can ask Joe. Like, I've been, yeah, I've been big on Emory Jones. I thought he's done well throughout most of the season, but he looked terrible against LSU. He really did. Um, I'll give him that one third down he had to come in and pick up when ar got hurt he did it he did his job but you could just tell anthony richardson is probably going to be a very special player for florida um and it took two bad interceptions from emory jones for molden to finally pull him um yeah same thing that happened with kyle trask and felipe franks it took an injury to felipe to finally get Kyle Trask, Heisman finalist Kyle Trask into the game. This, again, it's nothing new with Mullen. He is committed to his guys, which is a good thing, but he takes it too far. He's committed to them to a fault. Um, And I think I said this on this pod a few weeks ago. He's a New Year's Six coach, and 
that's not even going to be the case this year. Yeah, he's not even a New Year's Six coach anymore. No, I mean, this team – Not even close. Losing, no. This team's losing at least four games. Wouldn't be shocked if it's five. Wouldn't be shocked if they drop a game to South Carolina and Columbia um, because they have nothing to play for now. What is, what is their motivation at this point? Uh, so, yeah, it was a fun game to cover objectively. Um, cool back and forth, but – Florida has a lot of questions to answer. Yeah, you're talking about Mullen and like being committed to his players, but there's like a difference between really like loyalty and then stubbornness to not just make that decisions yeah. that are like just obviously going to be good for your football team. That, and he just does it really often. That's the thing. He is his pride is his downfall. Like his hubris is his biggest issue. Um, and that's that's been known for years. Um yeah. like you could just see it in post game, post game after LSU, same thing. He didn't take any blame. He um like it's just two years in a row. Him, two years in a row. If you tell him he's wrong about something, he'll double down to prove he's right. And if he isn't right it'll be catastrophic. And that's happened back to back years now. Um, and yeah. so he, needs- and, but now it's, it's putting him in a, a very tough spot because this it's coaching narrative, like the coaching changes narrative is started. It's been around, like even after the Kentucky loss, it was like, okay, like we thought this team was really special. They almost beat Alabama. Obviously they're not as special as everyone thought. And the changes that we knew needed to be made, they still need to be made. Like, yeah. Grantham didn't go away when we almost be, when they almost beat Bama. So, yeah. And then, um, but then it's so bad versus LSU. It's like, okay, these changes need to be made now. Like, this can't wait because the season no. is falling apart. This program best, is falling apart. The best coaches make changes before they need to be made. You look at like some of the great NFL coaches, like Bill Belichick, he'll cut a guy a year earlier than his downfall so he can get the most out of him. Mullen is a year or two too late to make changes. Um, you saw it with Grantham. You saw it with Felipe Franks. You saw it with Emory Jones. Like he just, he waits too long to make the changes because he doesn't want to admit that he was wrong the first time. There's nothing wrong with being wrong unless you, you can't admit you're wrong. Admit it. Um, yeah. yeah he's it, all about comes, a, it all comes back he's to about his, a, uh, He's about a Shamar James decommitment too late. Yep. making the changes so like yeah. this is what this is what's going to start happening to florida's recruiting and their program if they don't turn things around like people will no longer want to play for florida people yeah, will no longer he- want to play for dan mullen dan mullen i mean dan mullen is the reason emory jones is at florida like people come to play for florida for dan mullen but they will avoid playing for florida especially on defense if todd grantham is there because he is just a handicap to the team right now It's also just like an unknown, I guess, when like any coaching change happens, like would bringing in a new guy just automatically make things better, but it's the still undoubtedly the move that needs to be made. You got to try something else because can it get, can it get much worse than what this defense has been the last two seasons? No, not I've by watched standards. I've watched Florida football for a really really long time, and especially with how good the offense was last year, it's what made it so much more frustrating. 
Yeah, I don't like, know if Mullen is on the hot seat right now. I think fans want him to be. I think even some journalists are calling for it. Um, yeah. From the university's perspective, I don't think they're thinking about that. I think his no. seat is mildly warmer than it was before, but I don't think they're seriously considering anything. Um, no, I don't either. I just the vibe right now. Basis on that. That's just like my two cents on it. Yeah, personally, I agree. I, from my opinion, obviously, because no sources in the university, <laughs> but uh, I think the general vibe right now with the UAA to Mullen is like, you need to do something before we do something. So they're going to give him the chance to make a change. And that, you know, they might let that window play out till through next season, through next off season, whatever it is. But there's definitely a point where that window is going to close now, where it's like, okay, something needs to be done or something's going to be done and you're not going to be in charge of that. Yeah. I think just like the way Florida operates under Strickland and stuff like that, it's not even just an opinion thing, but it's like, you can just kind of notice a trend that they're not really quick to act when it comes to firing coaches and stuff like that for on court or on field performance. Like if you want any indicator of that, you look across the street at what's going on in the O-Dome with the basketball team they've been aggressively mediocre for the last couple seasons like that's just a fact like they're making the tournament but never making any deep runs or anything like that but I think there's still a good amount of confidence in Mike White and what he can do with that program especially with the way college basketball is changging with the emphasis on the transfer portal because that's something he's like had a lot of success in and like like the guys that he's brought in for this season, like if they get in the gym and start working and become a cohesive team, the talent is there for this team to be top 25 competitive basketball team. And Mullen, because of the Florida name and his reputation and stuff like that is just an offensive mind. Like he's going to continue to bring in talent regardless of any of the noise that could be going on. So I think they're going to give them time. I don't think there's going to be any rash decisions or like harsh decisions that come out like quick at all. But in terms of Mullen managing his staff himself, he yeah. needs to be quick to act. Yeah, I think they're going to stay on top of changes the team. in that regard. I think I it's it's, gonna... it's got to be time for. It's up to Mullen. It's it's it, it really is up to him. He can say whatever he wants about we thought we had a good scheme, yardage, you know, evaluate, blah blah blah, whatever. You got it's time to do something. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it's beyond time to do something. Um, like these are games you can't lose if you want to <laughs> compete for a national title and you want to compete with the Bamas and the Georgias of the SEC. You can't drop games to the Kentuckys and the LSU's. Like, it's just that simple um, yeah. because as football, good as like LSU has been like in some past years and as good as Kentucky, like pretty much is this season. I think it's a yeah. good football team and they're a program that's yeah, been Mark's building for a while, a job. but there's still that second tier. There's still the second yeah. tier. Yeah. And, and if yeah. you want to be on the first tier, you can't lose to the second tier. You can't lose them because teams that are on the first tier don't Georgia stomps LSU Georgia stomps Kentucky. They stopped yep. number eight, Arkansas. They yep. shut them out. Like teams that compete for national championships 
I, I, this sounds stupid. They're the best. They're the best teams in the like. You can't be losing to bad teams if you want to compete for a national championship. No. Yeah. No. I agree. Um. Speaking of Georgia going into obviously this is a bye yeah, week. Do we want to take a, a look at next week? I just want to like throw out a stat. Might as well. You. The last time that Georgia was number one in a Florida Georgia game was 1942. The score of that game: Florida zero, Georgia 75. Foreshadowing? Oh Foreshadowing? Foreshadowing? Question mark. Seventy-five to zero blowout. But I do think there's a better chance of that happening than Florida winning. Yeah. Like yeah, I, I don't. Yeah. I, I, don't I, I, I would. I, I would you. say you're right. I would yeah. say you're right. Um, you don't have to work hard to convince me on that one. No. <laughs> like last weekend's in- performance did all the convincing for you in my mind. Exactly. Uh-huh. And I don't see how things get better, really, unless some major changes are made over this bye week, which it doesn't seem like they are. Um, They've come out and said that they're they they're not. So. Yeah, and that's the yeah. thing. And Mullen's not naming a starting quarterback yet either. I wouldn't be surprised if Emery starts. Uh, he said he expects both quarterbacks to play, and I believe him. Emery's starting, yeah. bro. I mean, they, no they, he doesn't. It's going to be the split pass attempts. It's going to be the same rotations we've seen all year. Yeah. Um, and mm-hmm. it'll be too late by the time Mullen realizes, oh, Anthony should probably play the rest of this game. It'll be 28-0 Georgia. I was about to say the exact same thing. <laughs> yeah, it'll it'll already be far too late. And I have full confidence that Anthony Richardson could come out there and score 28 points and a half or a quarter and a half or whatever it is. Uh, I am not confident that the Florida defense can uh, keep less than like – seven points off the board in that span. Like, I think they'll also allow three more touchdowns in that span. So, yep. One thing I was going to say was just like that rivalry game in Jacksonville, there's been a lot of times where one team was the clear favorite and then the game is just stupid competitive for no reason. It was the last game, like the one that comes to mind for me, it was my first time I ever went to that game. And it was the year that everybody knew that Will Muschamp was going to get fired at the end of the season. Florida was very down at the time, like not a good football team going into that game. Georgia Better or was, worse than this football team, do you think? Probably slightly better because they actually had a defense. That was one thing where like – That's sad, Musch- isn't it? Like that Muschamp team, like those Muschamp teams, they were never like great but they always showed up and played defense because that's just, it's the same way to where like last, it was a basically an inverse of last season, just because like the style of coaching where Muschamp's way more defensive minded and the Mullins mm-hmm. way more offensive minded. It was just a flip of that kind of situation last year. The defense yeah. wasn't as elite as the offense was elite last year, but you get what mm-hmm. I'm saying. Yeah. Florida had no business winning that game and they absolutely stomped Georgia for no reason. They crushed them by like the fourth quarter. Half this, the stadium was half blue and half teal because it was just the empty Georgia seats. And it was absolutely wild. So going into this game, fans have always had like the expectation that, like, oh, it's Florida, Georgia, and Jacksonville. Anything can happen. Gator fans don't have that opinion this year. Yeah, yeah. There's no, op- not there's no optimism going into this rivalry game when normally it is crazy things happen. 
it doesn't matter if a team's number one or if a team is seems destined to go win a national championship this year or has the best defense like Georgia does. It's just like you never know. No, it's abandoned all hope. You who enter. I mean, it's going to be a bloodbath. Yep, one hundred percent. I mean, it's this simple. One of these teams is on a collision course to the SEC championship and the college football playoff, and the other is probably Gator bull bound. Like it's. Like it just comes down to that. Like these teams are so overly matched. Georgia's defense is so good. Florida's defense is so bad. Um, like I don't care if it's Stetson Bennett, JT Daniels, whoever, you could throw out the ghost of Aaron Murray and they would still win by three touchdowns. Bring um, Carson Beck to college early. Shoot. I mean, it yeah, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I, I, out of Georgia's defense, I could play quarterback and they would probably still put up 21 points. Um, <laughs> it's just they're just that good and Florida's that bad it's going to be a bloodbath like you said Michael so was that a, was that a transition yeah I was about to say do you want to get into the bowl slate for the it, it last Florida Gator season you know segues are weird right they're hard <laughs> they're <Always>. very hard <laughs> But yes, right. we should talk bowl games because you know what you do when the team you cover is absolutely struggling. And I guess if they lose to Georgia, are they 500? Yep. One game above, or are they, they are 500? Yeah, if they lose to Georgia. Yeah. Four and four. Cool. Yeah, so they're destined <laughs> cool. to be four and four. So it's like, all right, time to start looking at bowl games. Yep. <laughs> Obviously. Yep. I mean, you, you have to imagine they finish above 500. But when the season is going this bad, yeah, you can't help it be like, let's talk about uh, the end, the end of the season, <laughs> when it's going <laughs> to be over. They'll finish above 500 because the rest of their schedule after Georgia is yeah, – They've got Sanford and FSU, which, you know – It's a joke. They've got Feel Sanford, good games. Feel good Sanford, games. FAU – or, uh, excuse me, FSU. FAU. Bring them back. Basically, uh, yeah, Samford, FSU, South Carolina, Mizzou. Like, it's a pretty joke schedule after Georgia. Yeah, if you want to be generous, maybe South Carolina gives them trouble at home. But I'm not um, even going to lie. They could probably split those. No, <laughs> they could I lose to Mizzou. I don't know. Carolina. I don't know. I don't think they drop more than one of those. <laughs> Mizzou games. is really bad. Like, this Mizzou is so is terrible. Really <laughs> um, Mizzou could lose to Vanderbilt, I think, this year. They're terrible. Mizzou is really, really bad. No Vanderbilt slander <laughs> is allowed. Excuse me, sir. Um, but yeah. Harvard of the South. Put some respect. Put some respect on the Commodore's name. I'm an un- unapologetic Commodore's stan. But yeah, I mean, the Alligator loves Vanderbilt. A loss. This team could end with five losses. It wouldn't shock me if they drop one to South Carolina. It would shock me if they drop one to Sanford, Mizzou, or FSU. But FSU rivalry games are always weird, so who knows? Um, four to six losses, and that's going to put you in a not great bowl game. But it has a chance to have a funny name. It does. So we're it winning. does. So let's talk about it. <laughs> here are the here are the SEC uh, marquee bowl games. We've got the uh, Citrus Bowl in Orlando, Florida. It's kind it's of a probably, lame name. Florida won't probably make- is a you don't think so? No. But those are usually for top 25 teams. Like, pretty, like, I think that's, like, third place SEC. And cool. That's got Kentucky yeah. written all so over it. So, not Florida. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, 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 that's Kentucky, Arkansas right there. Uh, 
Uh, and then we have the Academy Sports plus Outdoors Texas Bowl, which that's the game where the SEC team takes on Texas. Kind of a, a welcoming party for Texas now. Um, that one, that one could happen. I, I've seen, I saw a website that had uh, that as the bowl prediction for Florida. So that could yeah, especially with the conference transfer stuff, I think I think they'll be excited to like throw a, a big name SEC team like Florida in there against Texas, even though they're not having a big name season. But do you think Florida's Texas, like, do you think they Florida had chances against Texas at all in that bowl game or no? No, I think Texas would win. Um, <laughs> I think Texas would win. <laughs> like, Bajon Robin, if Ty Davis Price ran for 300 yards, could you imagine? Oh, yeah. Sorry. I, you know what? My mind slipped and I forgot Bijan Robinson played for Texas. Yeah, that would be. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> I don't even Bro, Texas Texas like. isn't even back like that. And Michael's like, yeah, they'd beat us. Oh yeah. Wait, they <laughs> beat who? Yeah, it'll be who, Joe? What? They beat who? The Gators. Yeah. There we go. There we go. The Bro, I'm a professional. <laughs> yeah. Michael, if you ever saying. come at me like that on my own podcast again, bro. <laughs> Yo, there's beef. <laughs> We've got beef on the pod. Jackson, there's so much beef you don't even understand. Nope, I'm new. I gotta get used to it. Still, all right. So next <laughs> is the uh, it's the AutoZone Liberty Bowl. I, I'm I'm a big fan of this one. We got we you know we can get in the zone for the AutoZone. I'm kind Liberty of an Bowl. advanced auto parts guy myself, but you know it's all right. Oh yeah, any O'Reilly heads? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> there's no O'Reillys in Gainesville, man. No, there's a ton of them where I'm from. I didn't know there wasn't any O'Reillys in Gainesville. All right, they definitely have the best. They definitely have the best jingle though. Oh, yeah, for sure. We've got the uh, Belk Bowl in Charlotte, North Carolina. It's a, it's a biannual or, yeah, semi-annual. Belk Bowl is still a little bit lower than Florida level. Um, well, I don't know if it gets better. The, the, the Belk Bowl is like if they drop one to South Carolina. Like, like that's where the five lost Florida would go. All right. Well, for fun, let's talk about the bowl games they could play and if that happens. We've got the uh, – this is the one you want to go to. You better hope they drop one to uh, South Carolina because if you want to go to Nashville for the Franklin American Mortgage Music City Bowl, yes. uh, that's one below the Belk Bowl, I think. So. Yes, that is, that is the one that if Florida happens to drop a game to South Carolina and with five losses, the Music City Bowl, if I could cover a game in Nashville, that would be sick because um, it's on December 30th and I would just – you know, stay a few extra days, spend New Year's in Nashville. That would be pretty cool. Um, so from the journalist wanting to cover a game in a cool city perspective, that that's the one I've got my eye on. There you go, Michael. I'm rooting for you. Thank you. Rooting for Nashville. Beef here. resolved. Momentarily. <laughs> We're on a – it's a truce. And then after that, uh, it's kind of perfect, but the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl, it's in Jacksonville. It's an easy one for Florida to get fans out to. So, I mean, there's really not much else you can say about that. Same with the Outback Gator, Bowl. The Gator Tampa. Bowl committee will snag up Florida so quick if they have the chance. I Yeah, I think that's the, 100%. Most, I think that's the most likely destination is the Gator Bowl. Um, it just makes sense. <laughs> yeah. I think I think whoever is in part like whoever's in charge of marketing for the Gator Bowl is watching Florida's season fall apart and is like yes, yes. He cheered so loud he broke the Zoom. After that, it's uh, 
<laughs> oh, did I really shoot? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my bad. My fault. And then after that, uh, my personal favorite, if everything really falls apart, um, the last two picks for the Bulls are the Birmingham Bull and the Bad Boy Mowers Gasparilla Bull. So the best Bulls in the country are available bad for Florida bo- here. The Bad Boy Mowers. Gasparilla Bull, baby. It's the best one. It's a it's an interesting state of affairs when we're at this point and it's only yeah. week eight. Yeah, it's looking bleak. <laughs> this is how we have to have fun. Yeah, we're try- <laughs> we're trying to make everything else is pain. <laughs> I don't know. We're trying to make it fun, but Florida makes it hard. <laughs> I'm having fun. I'm having fun. I'm having a good time. But you're not having fun. You know what? It's been real. It's been fun, but it hasn't been real fun. Been real fun. I thought you were just like sign off. I was just like, you leaving the it's podcast? It's been real. Right now? I was like, fun. we're not. I was like, we're not done Jeez. yet. Like we're about to be, but I was just like, no. <laughs> just expecting you just no, leave. I'm gonna let Joe finish the like the outro. Like, all right, see you guys. We have anything else to talk about? No. Uh, really. Not really. We pretty much got through everything we could. I I don't know. Hopefully, Florida basketball is good. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Ranked, I think, seventh in the SEC preseason poll. Um, not in the top twenty-five preseason. I think that I think I think they're underrated. Uh, you know, isn't volleyball top twenty-five? Yeah, they're twenty-three. They won last night, so back-to-back sweeps for Gator volleyball. Big go, moves. Go them. Swim and dive. Men swim and dive number three in the country. Women swim and dive number nine in the country. But uh, those polls don't get updated except for once a month. So they're not super accurate. <laughs> you still have the best team so out of all of us, though. So congratulations, it's been, Jackson. It's, been, it's, been, it's actually been a, a really nice year uh, or semester covering the swim and dive program. They've been doing they've been doing, It's only been two meets, but the, they look strong. Florida volleyball wins more than they loses, more than they lose loses. I'm an idiot. I don't know how to talk. <laughs> That's all you can ask for. Win more than lose. Yeah, it's good enough for me. All right, we're running out of steam, so I'm gonna wrap this up. Yeah. Thank you everyone for listening to whatever this podcast was. It was fun though. We had a good time. I hope you enjoyed listening to it. As always, follow along with everything you have athletics. Um, we cover pretty much everything at alligator so follow along with that alligator sports on twitter on instagram got all kinds of stuff coming out as the fall semester continues here at uf and that's all we got